0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We hear from Callum Davidson after St Johnson seal a historic cup double. Ian Maxwell says plans for 12,000 fans at Hamden are going a full steam ahead and it's a crucial night for Kilmarnock and Dundee in the Premiership relegation playoff. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Hugh Keevans. Well, you can use any superlatives you like to describe Callum Davidson and what he's done. One season, two trophies. Astonishing. If you have Lisbon Lions and you have Barcelona Bears, then... Johnston must be the Perth Panthers Also busy day on the managerial front John Hughes out at Ross County But goes with his head held high He kept them up Our old friend Jim Duffy Out at Dumbarton Goes with his head held high He kept them up And that leaves one managerial mystery to be solved Eddie, where are you? Yeah, well, the domestic season might be coming to a close tonight, but we've got loads to talk about over the next couple of weeks. We've got Euro build-up, transfer, of course, as you said there, Celtics manager Hunt, Ross County, on the lookout for a manager as well. All the usual madness, and it's the same number. You can get us on 0141-951-1025, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. And, uh, yeah, loads to get on with. A uh, very eventful weekend, which was capped by a, a huge result for St Johnston. I think uh, Hibs must be bitterly disappointed. They did not show up. They were anonymous at Hamden. But that's got nothing to do with St Johnston. They were wonderfully organised, as always. Sean Rooney, again, only the fifth man to score in two finals in one season. Look at the company he's keeping. He's got Chris Boyd, Barry Ferguson, Tom Rogic and Henrik Larsson. So, well done, Sean Rooney. I mean, you really can't underestimate just how big an achievement that is for no. St Johnson doing the cup double in one season. It's not often that a manager, a rookie manager, can go into a club and, and basically make himself a club legend in one season. It will reawaken the debate, of course. Uh, how unfair is it that the, the votes were cast for manager of the year before... Uh, St Johnston won that second cup Now In fairness to all concerned I think it is Right That Stephen Gerrard Got a manager of the year award I think it would have been right Had Callum Davidson Got the other Manager of the year award Because there are only two teams In the Premiership Who have Exhibited The kind of consistency That Rangers And St Johnston have Rangers in the league St Johnston in the Cups Yeah there was sort of two genres of tweets I saw After the Cup final And half of them were people congratulating St Johnston Saying how well they'd done And the other was What you're talking about Was people sparking that debate again Of the manager of the year And as you say Callum Davidson's maybe just a victim Of the, the sort of timing of the awards Because the you know the voting sheets go out For the PFA mm-hmm. And the Scottish Football Writers Awards Before the season's ended It's the way it's always been done And you know Maybe some people Would have voted for Callum Davidson That voted for Stephen Gerrard Some people May have stuck with Steven Gerrard Because mm. of the achievements He got with Rangers this season I Look at the people of Perth Who support St Johnston And I think of it this way A club Who were 136 years old Had won one trophy And that was under Tommy Wright In one season Callum Davidson has given them Two trophies Do they care? He's not the manager of the year No they don't Because They're too busy celebrating well let's hear from Callum Davison shall we I caught up with him on the phone earlier on To talk about the game To talk about the achievement And of course I had to ask him about that Jurgen Klinsmann style dive That he did across the, the changing room floor as well That we all enjoyed 
thank you very much for, for taking the time to chat to me. Is it no quite problem. sunk in yet, what you've managed to achieve? Uh, not really. Uh, I think, obviously, if I'm going to be honest with you, uh, Saturday night and Sunday were a bit of a day. So it's probably the first morning I've sort of woke up uh, half compensmentus. Uh, and obviously, I'm just at the, the ground down. I've obviously uh, just seen the two trophies together, you know, sitting there, small polishing. You know, it's, uh, it's a great sight, if I'm going to be honest with you. It sounds like you and the you and the players must have had a good good time at the weekend then. Yeah, obviously, obviously, now I'm a bit older. I take a step back. You know, I don't really. I, I probably didn't need anything to enjoy myself on Saturday night. But you know, yeah, we had a good time, a few drinks, and quite rightly so. I think the players have been unbelievable this season. You know, to play with no in front of no crowd and the way they performed. I can't actually remember a game where I've actually had to have a go at their attitude and their commitment in the game some games you don't win but for me every game this season I've gone in with a fantastic mentality to try and win the game and go out with the business the right way when you look at all the sort of I'm assuming you've had a lot of messages people talking about it in the media you look on social media does that make you start to realise just how big an achievement this, this really is? Yeah, it's the, probably the messages I've got from people. I've got people messages from the old clubs, uh, Blackburn, Preston, uh, Leicester, you know, uh, all these type, and people from far and wide have sent me messages, and you know, uh, hopefully I reply to them all, and I do apologise if I've forgotten anybody. But you know, I think it's when you get that many messages, uh, it's great, uh, and then they reply, and then they start taking the mic out but you're just sliding across the floor. Uh, then you know, uh, it's been been a good time. I was about to ask that as well. That that Clemson slide was that uh, was that uh, the players egging you on to do that one? No, that was actually Steve McLean egging me on. Do the boys were flying across the floor, and I thought, well, I'm soaking wet with champagne, my, my suit's soaking, uh, so I might as well just have a laugh. But only thing I didn't realise was I thought the door would swing open, uh, and then my head realised that the door was firmly shut, uh, and I actually banged my head. And it was actually a really sore one, and I actually had to get up and pretend I was all right in front of the lads. I didn't want to embarrass myself, so. Nah, it was all good fun. All about good fun. Are you feeling a bit better now? Yeah, no, my head's still sore, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> That seems to be a bit of a theme of managers this season. We saw Steven yeah. Gerrard do it in the celebrations. We saw Barry Ferguson do it the weekend when Kelty got promoted. And just as I say Barry Ferguson's name as well, it's popped up on my Twitter that uh, to say that he will be leaving Kelty. It looks as if he's going to Alawa, if you believe the reports. But, um, I mean, a, a great moment and a great weekend for, for Callum Davidson. I think it adds to the Callum Davidson legend. Uh, I've seen the footage. Uh, you'd never get me doing that type of thing. But Not even if Scotland beat England? Uh, well, it depends on how much along, champagne Along the corridor of the Clyde offices I, I reckon we could get that sorted Well, you get the cameras ready uh, But it adds to the legend And, you know, he, he's such a, a nice guy uh, Everyone always says that uh, And you think it's a cliche But he's such a nice guy, Callum Davison Was an excellent player Is clearly a wonderful manager In the making And I say in the making Because this is only his first season And everyone always says Oh well, might as well retire now Well, nobody said that to Alec Ferguson When he won his first trophy or two with Aberdeen And look where he went from there Indeed, 01419511025 is the number you need It's the number Liam has called Liam, what's your point tonight? Hi Andrew, thanks for saying my call mate And uh, good evening to yourself and Hugh um, Callum Davison, fantastic I mean, honestly, if, if Eddie Howe didn't get a Celtic job tomorrow I would, I would offer it to him, that's how good he's been um, Deserves a statue, deserves... All the praise he's been getting. Um, and the thing about it is he's, he's done it on such a minuscule budget. And he's beaten Steven Gerrard, which is really all, as a Celtic fan, we want. Honestly, if, if Eddie Howe doesn't take the job tomorrow, offer it to Calvin Davidson. That's the greatest one. That's a big call, Hugh. 
Uh, well, I can understand why Liam would say that. You know, um, Eddie Howe obviously has the experience of England's Premier League, which clearly Callum does not. But he shows a natural aptitude for management. St Johnston are extremely well organised. He did not panic when he won only three of his first ten games in charge of the club at the start of the season. And look how the season has ended. And, you know, if you are beating a team of him standard in the final, and you did beat a team of Rangers incredible standard at Ibrox in the semi-final, then, you know, you take immense credit from that. Liam, you're obviously a a big Callum Davidson fan, but after one season, is that not maybe a a bit early? I don't think so, Andrew, because, I mean, look, think about this. I've had to think about this in... Has there been a more successful manager, Scottish manager, since um, Walter Smith in this country? I'll take it away Steve Clark, but you think about the, the managers that won trophies, Brendan Rodgers, Neil Lennon. Obviously, they're from my neck of the woods in Northern Ireland, but Callum Davidson is the most successful domestic Scottish manager we've had in a decade. You know, you, you can't ask for more than that. And, yeah, you can, maybe you can say it's been a weird season with no fans, but that, that doesn't take away the achievement that, that he's had. And I was actually there last week as well, but Jack Ross, another point, he's turned into a big-game bottler. I made this point last week. He lost finals at Sunderland. He lost the two semifinals last year. For me, he is old style over substance. Calm Davidson is complete and older substance. He is he's the main man. I think he's the, the next the next big thing in Scottish management. He may very well be. Uh, I mentioned that uh, you know no one said that after Alec Ferguson won his first two trophies at Aberdeen. Well, he might as well retire now. How can you top that? He did go on to top that. Um, Liam, the only thing I would say. And I do appreciate what Callum Davison has done and his achievements this season have been remarkable. But there is a world of difference between managing St Johnston in Perth and managing Celtic in Glasgow. Uh, I'm not saying he couldn't do it, but it would be a big gamble on the part of those at Celtic. And it would appear, Liam, that Eddie Howe, although it's now 12 weeks since Neil Lennon left the club, it would appear that Eddie Howe is as good as, and that's my get-out clause, as good as nailed on for the job. I, I don't know how long we've been hearing that. You've been hearing it for three months. I'm not, not how long you here, but we've been hearing it from the media for three months now that he's a stick-on, that it's definitely going to happen. It, nothing seems to happen. You just, we just seem to hear Eddie Howe, you know, incoming. Eddie Howe is, is sealing the deal. It, nothing's happening. I, I don't expect it this week. I mean, I know we're saying it's definitely going to happen, but... What what evidence is there to suggest that? Well, uh, is, is the difference now, Hugh, that Bournemouth season has been wrapped up, and yeah. there's been a lot of reports surrounding, you know, that Bournemouth season needs to be concluded because, you know, whether it's Eddie Howe on gardening leave, he's also got coaches and, and yeah. people at Bournemouth that he'd like to take to Celtic with him. Um, is the fact that Bournemouth season is now over? Do you think that probably clears the path for well, for any announcement or any sort of final decisions to be made? So far as any of us understood, that was the last impediment. To Eddie Howe coming here uh, We had to wait until Bournemouth were Finished with the playoffs As they are now uh, Because He had two coaches there That he wants to bring to Glasgow uh, And he wants to bring Richard Hughes As a director of recruitment as well From Bournemouth All I would say And Liam is quite right We've been Trumpeting this line for weeks And weeks and weeks now He's here He's nearly here Anytime now Wait Uh, But it's been 12 weeks If Eddie Howe is not at Celtic Park by the end of this week It's time for the distress flares 
Well thank you to Liam 01419511025 is the number you need I just want to touch on another point Liam made about Hibs I mean that's two semi-final mm. appearances they had that they were knocked out a final appearance now that they had that's got to be a sore one to take for Jack Ross and his players Very much so uh, The biggest disappointment of all would be that they went into the match with everyone talking about Doidge about Nisbet about Martin Boyle and on the day to put not too fine a point on it they were hopeless and from a St Johnson perspective as well it's obviously you, know, you look at Sean Rooney what a story that is mm. two cup finals two headers in the exact same minute he's yeah. a name that will just go down in St Johnson folklore for years to come but there's loads of names in, in that squad you look at Murray Davidson who missed the 2014 uh-huh. final for them he missed the League Cup final as well managed to get that appearance we all saw what it meant to David Watherspoon uh-huh. as well in that post-match interview where it was so emotional but just how much it means to these players to, to achieve something like this yeah I mean Craig Bryson on day one became one of the Pataudry 8 for COVID-19 breaches on the last day of the season he becomes a legend as a a member of the St Johnston side to have won two trophies in one season everywhere you turn there are stories Sean Rooney is incredible you know someone who couldn't get a game at the start of the season and has now scored the winning goal in both cup finals and also after the, the League Cup final Sean Rooney just decided to, to phone in And have a chat with us So if you're out there Sean Feel free Phone us Give us a call well, Tell us how your weekend's been If the manager can tell you Earlier on today That this is the first day He's felt compass mentis Heaven knows what the players are like I think the players might still be on it 01419511025 Alec is next up Alec Hi how are we doing How are we doing Hugh Good thank you uh, uh, I think it was the first time on Saturday That I watched a Bournemouth game uh, hoping that uh, I think it was Brent, Bradford uh, would have put them out. Brentford, Brentford. Brentford, Brentford yeah. sorry, so obviously, you know that that was the last big stumbling block. Uh, when you read as well reports that he's been on garden leave probably all season, and he's been paid around about the hundred thousand pound mark. Now you'd imagine if he took the Celtic jail three months ago, he would have forfeited that. So I can understand. All these hurdles, and I, and I have said in the show that things will come to light why he hasn't signed. I think it's really obvious, you know, Dermot Desmond, if he'd gone for the reports that we've heard after umpteen reporters, he's met with Dermot Desmond. The season book tickets, the season book sales will be either at the end of this week or next week. So by the time that they came out, I expect Eddie Howe, his backroom team, the director of football, in at Celtic Park and working on players coming through the door. So I'm really I'm really relaxed. I've, I've saved it for about the last maybe eight weeks. If it's no, we're up. Some paddle, we're up. I think we're thinking about paddle. But and, that, and that's why you can't be relaxed, Alex, because uh, the, the Celtic fans have waited weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, it's now 12 weeks since Neil Lennon made his departure from the club. If, and I repeat, if Eddie Howe's not here by the end of the week, then there's going to have to be some very serious questions asked because if not, why not? And if not, after this length of time, how can they possibly not have him nailed down properly after three months? So it's a major call for Celtic. And again, if he's not in by the end of the week, someone had better either tell 
the fans why he's still not there or own up that it might have to go elsewhere Alec, how frustrating has the last few months been as a Celtic fan just waiting on this announcement? You know, a lot of the time it's, it seemed as if it's going to be in, imminent. There's other times where it looks as if it's been further away. How how frustrating has it been for you when, you know, you, you've not known what's going to happen next? Well, it's been really frustrating because we can't start the rebuild until the new man comes in. You know, there is going to be, there's a massive a massive job that's going to get, get took place there the next year or so. Uh, and until... That the managers in place were obviously going doing the director of football. Route, were they were rescouting everything? Hugh, you know Dermot Desmond a lot longer than than I. The the guys in the street businessman, he's still Mister Celtic. Uh-huh. I have still got my faith in him. Uh-huh. I can't see a guy with the presence and the respect that, that Dermot Desmond's got. No, no, having things under control. I might, I might sound naive. But we're talking about Celtic. We're talking about an institution. Mm-hmm. I believe that the things, the all the all the ducks are all lined up in a row, and I think that everything is going to fall into place. Then we're going to be right. That's us now. Well, if Bournemouth going out of the playoffs was the last impediment, then it would stand to reason that Eddie Howe should be here in a matter of days, if not tomorrow. Uh, but if he's not there, Alec, by the end of the week, then I think it also stands to reason that people are entitled to say, what is going on here? Well, thank you to Alec in Parkhead. 01419511025 is the number you need. And to celebrate Glasgow being named as a host city, we're inviting schools across Glasgow and the West to enter a once-in-a-lifetime chance to visit to win a visit from the UEFA Euro 2020 trophy. The iconic Henri Delaunay trophy has been visiting host cities across Europe from the 1st to the 3rd of June. It will visit Glasgow, uh, different locations in and around there. Stephen Mill, our very own Stephen Mill from Clyde One, will join Skillsy, the official mascot at the winning school on Tuesday the 1st of June. Your class will have the chance to get the photo taken with the UEFA Euro 2020 trophy before it sets off on its tour to iconic locations across the city. Visit Clyde1.com to find out how you can enter your class. It's all thanks to Glasgow being a host city and the Scottish FA giving Glasgow schools the chance to the trophy have to visit their school ahead of Scotland's huge summer of football. Stick around because after the break we'll be hearing from SFA Chief Executive Ian Maxwell and some breaking news coming out of Dundee United as well. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. And I have no idea how we're going to get through all the news tonight because oh. there is all sorts happening before we even came on air. There's stuff happening while we're on air as well. We, of course, heard just before we came on air about John Hughes. He's leaving Ross County. He's made the decision at the end of his contract that he'll be leaving the club. And there's a report in the Daily Record that's just come out saying that Mickey Mellon is set to leave Dundee United as well. Well, uh, amazing. Two premiership managers in one day. Uh, Mickey Mellon was always linked with a return to uh, English football, possibly with Tranmere, where he had been before. Uh, But the sudden nature of his departure here uh, may hint at a story we have not heard in full yet. Um, it, it opens up all sorts of questions about who takes Mickey Mellon's place at Tannadice. They finished ninth in the league as the newly promoted club. That was fair enough in your inaugural season back in the top flight. Uh, it's a good club, big club. Great job for someone. 
Uh, it'll now be the cause of some speculation But Mickey Mellon has gone I don't think we've heard the last of why he's gone 01419511025 We'll get our teeth into those subjects soon So if you want to call about that Make sure to do so At Clyde SSB as well And if you want to call about this Well... It's coming out of uh, Ian Maxwell today, the Scottish FA Chief Executive. He says they're going full steam ahead with plans to have 12,000 fans at Hamden for Euro 2020 matches. He's hopeful it's still possible, even if Glasgow remains in level three. The decision was made when Scotland was in a similar position in terms of the pandemic, you know, so nothing's changed, actually, if you think about it in that regard. So until we are told otherwise, we are absolutely continuing full steam ahead and, and looking to 12,000 fans being able to cheer on the team and, and, and use the, the power that that generates to, to, to help football inspire the nation. It was given a dispensation at the time, obviously, I mean, even just in terms of the seating configuration, the, the, the games that I've had spectators in recently or over the weekend certainly have had two metre physical distance in hand and it was given a dispensation to 1.5. So it has been a special case in inverted commas as part of the gateway process. You know, Scottish Government are looking at the Euros uh, and uh, as part of getting the events industry back. That has to start somewhere, there's no, there's no doubt about that. Um, so listen, we're absolutely committed to fans being in the stadium and, and for the games. Do you say anyone that has any concerns about that should should be too worried? Until we're told otherwise, there will be spectators in the stadium. That's all really we can say at this point in time. I think there's one thing that we can say is that when we've been watching football on the TV recently and we've had the real crowd noise and the authenticity uh-huh. and not the fake crowd noise, it's been absolutely brilliant. To to have Scotland playing in front of twelve thousand fans would be brilliant next yeah. month. Yeah, um, I'm not a virologist. I don't understand why we're still in lockdown in Glasgow. Uh, you can't go and have a meal uh, indoors, can't go and have a drink indoors, and yet three weeks from today, we are told that 12,000 people can go into Hamden for Scotland's first match in Euro 2020. Three weeks from today, 6,000 people will be able to gather in a fan zone in Glasgow Green and be there every day for the duration of Euro 2020. 6,000 people per day. But as of now, the 24th of May, you and me, Andrew, couldn't go for a pint after this programme indoors, even though the rain has been on all day. As I say, I'm not a virologist. I'm not Jason Leach. But we can only progress as we are doing until somebody says, actually, there's a change of plan. That's it. I've seen people today on Twitter sort of picking it apart and saying, well, why, why can't I do this, but I can do this? And mm-hmm. why is this allowed, but we weren't allowed fans at this game and, and that game? But one thing we all want is fans back in grounds. So should we all try and see the positive side of this, that you know we've got a major tournament, Scotland are going to a major tournament for the first time in 23 years. We've got it on our doorstep. Here we've got the chief executive of the SFA saying that there's a very good chance that we're going to get you know 25% of the stadium in. We have to proceed with optimism. Look ahead to the first game As I say Three weeks today Proceed with optimism Until somebody tells us Actually It's time for pessimism So On we go Onwards and upwards Until you're told To go into reverse gear 01419511025 Is the number you need Stevie is in Craig End Stevie Is that positive news for you That it looks as if There will be fans At Hamden for the games Yeah And obviously Anything Get fans back watching football. Uh, get amateur players back playing. I can only can only be a positive. Can I give you a quick shout? I know Alex on the show the morning. Alex Woodward. Uh, obviously, he's run to Hamden to Wembley. He raised money up to fifty thousand to build the community centre in Brighton. So everybody can go on his page and like it or donate. Very much appreciated, guys. Great Thanks stuff. for that. Sounds like a great cause. So, 
obviously not I me. Mean, my point is, I agree with you. I mean, Eddie Howe won't be there for Friday. Eddie Howe's looking at his options, and my son's about to find out there's going to be stressful two weeks of his life in Scotland in a tournament. So I'm looking fun. I'm looking forward to having fun with that. There's my wee grandson as well, but he's only eight, so hopefully it's not his last time experiencing that lads and that mean, but. I think it's a big thing. I mean, I know the fans on there are subjecting tickets for the fans on, but I think you know the game should be, you know, you know, beamed. I mean, to the crowds if we're allowed to. I mean, I know shoes crack up. I mean, we can't go for a drink now, but I don't know if that's a handy MC taking for a drink, Andrew. I mean, no, no, so no. It's too, it's too cold. <laughs> it's too cold for me, Stevie, to go out. I'd be happy to drink at home, but. Uh, I'm a jacket man. <laughs> I've got, I'm, I'm 71 years old, man. Hugh is standing in what is a very warm studio at the moment, wearing a scarf. So I'm not sure a jacket <laughs> outside is going to do too much for him. But but Hugh, Stevie, Stevie makes the point there that what coming up is going to be a magical time for a whole generation of people that have never seen Scotland at a mm. major tournament. Yeah. And if we can get people in fan zones, we can get people in Hamden, and we can do it safely, and it's all regulated properly, then we could be in for an unbelievable summer. Yeah. Listen Andrew I agree with you The sound of people Inside football grounds Even though it's a Minuscule amount I mean there were 250 people At uh, Breaking and Kelty Yesterday And it was Great to hear the, the racket That they were making Anything that gets People into the grounds Fine I trust That if people Are allowed Into the grounds Well One ground in particular Hamden I trust That the science As they say Has said That's okay Proceed with that idea So we're moving on optimistically And We're just hoping that there's no reason To pull back on what's been achieved so far Do you want to come back in Stevie? Uh, obviously not I mean I, I think anything for the good of the game Andrew There's a lot you dare be mentioned there about the amateur game I mean Aaron Belgrove And It's been a nightmare not been over. We're talking to the boys We're trying to get them out training One minute of today Covid officers test and all the teams are doing it, guys. And then it just gets shut down. And it's over five and a half thousand players. I mean, amateur players in Glasgow. And I mean, that are suffering every Saturday and Sunday, guys. And we don't even get a mention. So I don't know if Radio Clyde can do an amateur night. Not me, not it just like, like like get our voice out there to Nicholas Sturgeon and go. I understand what you're saying, and I understand. Obviously, not me. You, know, you want everybody to be safe, but. Answer me this question, Nicola. How can you get 30 million people through a day in one day for a general election? And this is more important than that. And we can't get that done. Get everybody vaccinated, get everybody back oh, to normal life and, and playing football. So, Well, the next caller on the line is a lady called Nicola. So, we'll, nah, I'm only kidding. That, that's the important thing here is all levels of football we'll, we'll stick to football on this one because that's what we know. That's what we're yeah. here to talk about. But, you know, in terms of football, you look at the amateur side of things you look at junior football all the way up we want fans in the stadiums we want them in the grounds we want them in fan zones and as long as things are progressing in the right way and you know the right signs are coming from Ian Maxwell today that you know not only will it hopefully be 12,000 in Hamden but then that sort of stretches over to you know European qualifiers for other teams and then you've got uh, you know the start of the league season from the end of July hopefully at that point things are looking a lot more normal than they are now I cling to the belief that the Scottish Government and uh, all of those from the medical profession who are uh, dealing with this global pandemic, an unprecedented, horrible situation, 
I cling to the belief that they are First of all, safeguarding life And secondly, they will allow people to resume a normal life And that means amateur football, junior football, professional football They will allow all of that back as normal When it is normal But they can't rush normal 01419511025 Thank you to Stevie Next up is John in Greenock John what have you got for us tonight? Even, uh, well Peter Lover had a meeting a couple of weeks ago At Parkhead and he said they couldn't get a £10 million hit on the season tickets this year They couldn't get uh, the season tickets for, for £200 I don't know why but he's going to take some hat on that boy Cham He's going to take a £12 million hat on Cham And he's terminating his contract So what's the difference? Well, well that was a that, One sec John I, I Hugh's giving me a sort of confused look there. It was a, a report over the weekend that claimed Celtic were ready to terminate Olivier Cham's contract when, now that he's back from his loan spell at Marseille. It appears that that report has now been rubbished uh-huh. by uh, the club. We don't know what Olivier and Cham's situation is. No. but um, Celtic, that... Celtic bought uh, Olivier and Cham for £4.5 million. <laughs> I mean, you simply do not terminate the contract of someone uh, who has the kind of value that he has He may not have had but, a great But season. does he still have that value? I suppose is the question Well Consider the, the season Celtic have had If Olivier and Sham comes back next season Under whoever is the manager And can recapture that form And players do have seasons where they Are not as good as they have been in the past If he comes back and recaptures that form then of course he's got a value to Celtic and certainly no question of his contract being terminated. John? Okay, well, that's, that's the case either. I just, I was, when I was reading that, I was like, ah, they, they, they just can't take this thing in his contract. You know what I mean? It's, as you see, they've paid five months for a point by month for him. You know what I mean? So yeah. see, they made come back under a new manager next. It's usually then a new kid. Start off flying, you know what I mean? This is the, the reason why, you know, I keep on saying this, but it's true. Celtic are in a state of suspended animation They're just twisting in the wind There's no manager There's no director of recruitment The fans are led to believe that Any day now It's Eddie Howe But as an earlier caller said They've been told that for weeks and weeks Uh, If Bournemouth going out of the playoffs Was the last hurdle Then the hurdle has been Gone over And It has to accelerate the process Of Eddie Howe coming in if not, why not? It's three months now. It cannot be allowed to take very much longer. Eddie Howe should be privileged. Celtic have had a horrible season. Absolutely horrible. But Eddie Howe should be privileged to be asked by a club as big as Celtic to be manager. And they cannot afford to wait indefinitely. And as far as I'm concerned, this should be the last week. If he's not here by this week, they should look elsewhere. Final point to you, John. Well, we'll do okay at the end of the week. It's got it's, something's got to give at the end of the week. As I say, the season ticket and those are coming in about two weeks, so we'll see what happens. Thanks very much. Cheers, John. 01419511025 if you want to get involved. We have a huge, huge game tonight up in Scotland. Kilmarnock taking on Dundee in the relegation playoff. We will be bringing you the team news and all the build up to that one next. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're just about to go live to Rugby Park, but before that, Hugh, I thought I'd give a mention to Josh Taylor. 
What, a, what an achievement of the weekend. Yeah, sensational. Uh, a piece of history emulates Ken Buchanan. Uh, I know how much that means to Josh Taylor. Um, hopefully he'll now go on and make himself a very, very rich man. He deserves it. The sacrifices that boxers make, uh, what they go through to get to a position such as the one that Josh Taylor now finds himself in, uh, he is on a par with the, the, the best of the best ever to come from this country. Ken Buchanan, Andy Murray, he's at that level. Four belt, undisputed world champion. Not mm. not bad, not bad. And I'm sure, uh, sure he'd quite like a fight at Easter Road as well, wouldn't he? Well, he seems to, I mean, he's a big heavy, uh, but he seems to fancy the castle more. Uh, now, that would be the atmospheric setting. Can you imagine the Esplanade, Edinburgh Castle? I might even get into the ring myself and say, let's get ready to rumble. I thought you were going to say get in the ring with him. That would, that would not end well. What? Only if I could take Alec Ray with me. Oh, that'd be, actually, that might help you. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's get back to the football. A huge, huge game tonight. Premiership relegation playoff. Kilmarnock against Dundee at Rugby Park. Dave Galloway's there for us. Thanks very much indeed, Andrew. Well, what a night lies ahead as the curtain comes down on another Scottish football season. Kilmarnock battling to avoid relegation for the first time in nearly 30 years were outplayed for large parts of the first leg at Dens Park and could well have been more than two goals behind before Honstrup's late goal meant just a 2-1 deficit. Dundee, who have been in the Championship for a couple of years now, played some very good football on Thursday night, but will they live to regret not building up a much bigger advantage. Rugby Park with 500 home fans here will be no place for the faint-hearted and how important will the first goal this evening be? To the teams then Kilmarnock, uh, in comes uh, Tishbola, in comes McKenzie, out drop Dicker and Kilty, so it's Doyle in goals across the back, Millen Broadfoot, Ibsen Rossi and Honstrup, two sitting midfielders Power and Tishbola further forward, Burke, McKenzie and Pinnock with Lafferty the main man up top subs Rogers, McGowan, Medley Dabo, Oakley and Whitehall. Just the one change for Dundee this evening in comes Marshall, out drops the injured Elliot. so it's Legsdins in goals, a back four for Dundee tonight of Marshall, Ashcroft, Fontaine and Kerr, McGee and Byrne the sitting midfielders the attackers in the midfield, McGowan, Adam and McMullen with Mullen leading the line. Substitutes for the Ds, Ferry, Yakubiak, McDade, So, uh, So I should say, Anderson, Fisher and Cummings. On your match referee here at Rugby Park is Bobby Madden. Hugh, what a massive game this is tonight mm. for Tommy Wright and James McPake. You've got uh, Kilmarnock, 28 unbroken years in the Premiership. It wasn't even called the Premiership when they were there 28 years ago. Uh, you have Dundee, who've been out of the top flight for two years. If you get Dundee back, you get the return of the Tayside Derby. We've already got the return of the Edinburgh Derby because Hearts have gone up as the champions of the Championship. So, massive night for both clubs. Uh, for Kilmarnock... The financial hit they would take if they dropped the division would be considerable. Um, for Dundee, you have the wonderful experience of Charlie Adam. He pulls every string for them, scores goals as he did against Kilmarnock in the first leg. It's on a knife edge. Five years ago, it was Kilmarnock against Falkirk. 
Falkirk had a one goal advantage And Kilmarnock rose to the occasion And scored four times at Rugby Park They will have to rise to the occasion Their performance at Dens Park In the first leg of this playoff final Was not up to scratch They really have to step up to the plate tonight Or else We've got Gordon, a Kilmarnock fan, on the line But let's hear from both managers First starting with Tommy Wright We did some good things the other night Not enough we had loads of possession, but I think everybody could see it's what we did with the possession. Um, we didn't move the ball quickly. Um, we weren't really brave enough in possession. We went long too many times. I don't know uh, the conditions made us play that wee bit differently, but anybody that's watched us since we've come in, we've, we've played you know good football and effective football, moved the ball quickly, played at a tempo. And, and I say that was... I think the conditions maybe made it a slightly a night where you went slightly longer and that didn't really suit us. It's a massive game for, for ourselves. It's a massive game for Kilmarnock. Um, a lot at stake for them. 28 years in the Premiership at stake for them. Um, we've not been in it for a couple of years and we want to get ourselves back there. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot at stake, but it's, it's a one-off tie now. It's a cup final. Um, if we win the game, then we'll win the Premiership. Big games come with we pressure and, and it's great. It's we want that. If you'd have told me getting to come the end of the season that you're you are one game away and we're two one in front, won't the end it and but but you're under pressure, we take it. Absolutely. Well Gordon is a Kilmarnock fan on the line. Gordon, how are the nerves? Uh just as bad as twenty ten and twenty sixteen. What have you made of the team news? Obviously Dave just gave us the teams there. Are you you happy enough with the team that's out there? I think it's a wee bit of a surprise that Gary Dickers, um, well, I don't know whether he's injured or, or dropped or, or whatever, but yeah, a bit of a surprise that Tish Bowler's come in for Dicker, but um, pretty much as expected, I would say. Yeah, no Dicker on the bench at all, Hugh, but you know, there's a lot of experience in, in that Kilmarnock side. The fact that, the fact that he's not on the bench uh, leads me to suspect there could be an injury problem there. Um, there was a time when Kyle Lafferty was in that rich seam of form that you thought this is a master stroke by Tommy Wright this has turned the whole thing on its head and it hasn't worked out that way otherwise Kelly would not be in the playoff final um, but he Lafferty will need to rise to the occasion likewise Burke uh, they don't want to have relegation on their CV at this belated stage in their careers um, Mackenzie Good for a goal uh, We know the positives But I don't know If Gordon I'm assuming he watched The first leg at Dens Park But Kilmarnock looked well off it And we're very fortunate That Dundee didn't take advantage Of all their chances Gordon is the key right. tonight Just that You know the big players Turn up Your Kyle Lafferty's Your Chris Burks That they Are on the form of their life tonight Well I totally agree And I agree with you That I mean, the first leg was It was a poor performance There's no getting away from that I think that the Kilmarnock's home form for the past, really for really under Angelo Alessio, Alex Dyer and Tommy Wright, it's not been great. It's the home games that we've kind of kicked on a bit and that's what I'm clinging to for tonight, to be honest. Yeah, it's so important. You know, uh, Brecon hadn't won a game at home all season and lost their league status yesterday at home. Uh, sometimes these habits are hard to break. I just have to think... That in Tommy Wright, uh, Kilmarnock of a good manager, um, the quality is there. It was 
mystifyingly absent in the first leg at Dens Park. Uh, they've got home advantage. Uh, the, the goal that they scored at Dens Park had the look of a lifeline when it occurred. Um, Kilmarnock have got to make the most of all of that. Otherwise, for Gordon, be a long night. Gordon, is the fact that Kilmarnock have been here and done it before and, and stayed up, does that give you any comfort? Does that give you any hope coming into tonight? I guess it depends whether you whether you believe in omens or, 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 or that type of thing. I mean, I present the Kelly Histories podcast, so I've had the privilege of speaking to a lot of, of players who've been in this situation, whether it's Kilmarnock have specialised in these last day, last ditch results, usually nil-nil draws, to be fair, and that won't be enough tonight. But I think that there's I think there's something to be said I mean, Gary Dicker not playing tonight, obviously, so we can't call, can't call on that. Greg Kilty on the bench, so I don't think there's anyone who played in 2016 who's starting tonight. Oh, no, possibly Rory McKenzie. And so it's a completely different situation, but I do, I cling, I'm, a, I'm a positive person. I'm an eternal optimist, and I cling to the fact that we've been there before and we've scraped out of it, but you can't keep scraping forever, can you? Well, thank you to Gordon. How about someone that uh, is on the other side of the coin? Gary is a Dundee fan. Gary, I'll ask you the same question. How are your nerves? Oh, they were totally fine up until about an hour ago. Uh, but now they've really kicked in, especially seeing the team lines come in. It just makes it uh, seem all the more real that we're just 90 minutes away, potentially, from returning to the top tier. How, how are you feeling about the teams? Are you, you quite happy with that, just the one change? I am. It's. I think it's an enforced change. Chris Elliott, uh, who probably had his best game of the season actually against Killy in the first leg, uh, opened up his knee uh, and obviously went off at that point. Cammy Kerr's a natural right back, so switching him over from the left is fine by me. And uh, the only slight nerves I have is about Jordan Marshall. This will be his first ninety minutes in I think two or three months. Uh, he went off injured against Dunfermline in the running. So a little bit nervous he's not had a lot of game time But he's been such a consistent performer for us That I've got to hope And all we've got to do tonight is not lose Gary can I ask you Would you have settled for this moment After the first game of the season When Hearts took six off you? <laughs> I'd have thought you were mad if you told me <laughs> That I could be having this moment at that point I think before the first game of the season My hope was that Dundee would keep Hearts honest That we would finish a fairly close second And do ourselves proud in the playoffs And I think the first game of the season, things just looked, um, there didn't really seem to be a plan. And I think that for the couple of months that followed then, there didn't really seem to be a plan emerging at all. Uh, and the real turning point for us was the January transfer window. We had had a few blips since then, but bringing in Paul McMullen has been huge. Uh, I think he's into double figures for assists now. Jason Cummins has been a great signing for us, although he's not starting tonight. Uh, but I think Danny Mullen gave Kurt Broadfoot enough problems in the first leg that I can see why he's starting. So it's uh, it feels like a season of two halves for Dundee, really. And I think that most Dundee fans are a little bit surprised that we've managed to pull it together. Um, but then I think what you've got to look at is our record over the last dozen or so games has been sensational. How big is the influence of Charlie Adam tonight, do you think? I mean, you just look at the, the first leg and he had a, a key pass in the lead-up to the first goal, scored the second himself. Is is he the type of player that needs to be on his game to make sure Dundee get the result tonight? He, When he's ticking, it does help the whole team tick, certainly. He obviously was out for, I think it was about a month uh, at the turn of the year and it took him a little bit of time to get back up and running again. He was out with COVID, so I think that affected his fitness a little bit more than even he himself thought that you can see that when, when he's on his game, he plays that sort of quarterback role, if you will, and just picks out passes that nobody can, can really legislate for. And uh, I think I was surprised to anyone to see him uh, have a lung burst and run run to uh, put in the second goal. Uh, 
last week, but no, certainly I think if if he's on form, I, I could well imagine that Kelly might try and put a player on him when we've not performed this season. It's been because teams have paid special attention to him, and I think that was probably Kelly's undoing a little bit in the first leg was they they didn't seem to have a plan for Charlie Adam. If you don't have a plan for Charlie Adam, then you're going to struggle in the the form that he's in at the moment. Gary, speaking on behalf of men of a certain vintage, at a time when Phil Mickelson. Yeah, at the age of 51 Becomes the oldest man To win a golf major Charlie In Adam You should trust <laughs> Absolutely That's uh, that's certainly the hope tonight But we've, we've got threats uh, All over the park um, We've We've really improved At the back as well Since Adam Legsons Is coming to Jack Hamilton uh, We've kept more clean sheets Than we were to begin with But I, I still think It'll be a high scoring game tonight I think it's It's like a cup final For both teams And obviously I'm um, probably in the slightly more optimistic uh, side of the fence because I can look at it and think, well, there's always next season for us. But obviously this would be Killy's first relegation. And I think certainly in my lifetime, I think it was the, the mid-80s was the last time Killy went down. So uh, a lot to play for. Well, thank you to Gary and thank you to Gordon. One of them will be smiling by the end of play tonight. The other one, not so much. I'll put you on the spot, Hugh. Prediction, what are you going for? Oh, I am going... And this is great news for Chrissy Burke and all the, the lads at Rugby Park. I think Dundee will win it. Oh well, that's it. Then it sounds like Kilmarnock are going to win. Then Hughes' <laughs> predictions normally go that way. But thank you for joining us tonight. We'll be back again tomorrow night. We'll have all the reaction from that big Premiership relegation playoff.